0: Ramadan, as we know is fast approaching us coming around the corner very quickly and you find that people are of different categories different groups and different outlooks pertaining to this month so you have a group of Muslims strangely enough when they think about Ramadan They kind of have a panic in their souls, oh my god, another month of fasting, it's difficult, it's going to disrupt my routine, I'm going to miss out on X, Y and Z, I'm going to have to wait a whole month before I can get back to my routine. And this of course is absolutely wrong. But then you have another group of Muslims who they cannot contain the excitement, they get so excited about the thought of Ramadan because they know that it's an opportunity from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if they live this month for them to reconnect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for them to reignite their Iman for them to have yet another chance of entering into the Jannah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they know that Allah has decorated this month with so many gifts and so many bounties that each moment of this month something special is descending from the heavens there's opportunity for the person to make Tawbah. There's opportunity for the person to make their scale of good deeds extremely heavy and the scale of good uh, bad deeds very light. So the Salaf, they were like this. They, in fact, prior to Ramadan, by six months or so, they would beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow them to be alive, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Ramadan. And then after having lived Ramadan, they wouldn't stop there they would beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from them the deeds that they had done in Ramadan because they truly understood how special this month was. And that's what we're gonna try and do today. We're going to look at a few of the virtues, remind ourselves with a few ahadith and ayat pertaining to this special month and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it special for his worshippers, his slaves so that we can get a bit of Ramadan excitement. So as we know Ramadan it's probably the greatest event in human history now that might sound a bit strange because i said human history not islamic history the month of the quran the month wherein allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to reveal his last and final revelation to mankind that in itself is something amazing but did you know that imam Ahmad he collects a narration wherein he mentioned that there were also other revelations revealed in this month in his narration Imam Ahmed he states or he collects from the Prophet Sallallahu that the Prophet Sallallahu said the Suhf of Ibrahim Alaihi were also revealed in the month of Ramadan and also the Injil and the Torah were revealed in this month so from the greatest acts or from the greatest events in human history which is revelation to mankind took place in this month so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from a long time ago has made it very special for the believers. This month is so special with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that in order to aid the believers in their worship, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changes the norms of the cosmos. He changes the norms of the universe. What am I talking about? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as mentioned in the hadith in Bukhari, the Prophet sallallahu Wasallam, he said, When the month of Ramadan comes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes the doors and the gates of Jannah to be flung open, and He causes the gates of the hellfire to be locked, and He causes the shayateen to be tied up in chains. So think about it. This why? Why is Allah making these changes to the norms of the universe? in order for us to be able to benefit more from the month of Ramadan what does it mean to you when you hear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes the gates of Jannah to be flung open what do you understand by this what's going up in the month of Ramadan so many good deeds what's coming down from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? so much mercy Rahma tranquility so much so many of the are coming down in that month and as we know on a particular night especially the Malaika, they come down and they fill the earth with their presence. Why are the gates of the hellfire closed? <clears throat> to give you the understanding that it's Allah Azzawajal has made it easier for you to do the good deeds and more difficult for you to do the evil deeds. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la mentioned in this hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Wa mentioned that the shayateen are also chained up to make it easier for us to worship Allah, Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la, to have less of the whisperings, less of the stumbling blocks in front of us. Then somebody may ask, okay, if this is the case that you're saying to me the shayateen are chained up, why is it that mankind are still doing evil deeds in the month of Ramadan? Did you not just say that the shayateen are chained up? What can be the case? How can it be that we are still doing evil deeds or people still do evil in the month of Ramadan if the shayateen are not around? So the brother is saying correctly, as some of the ulama say, that it's not the shayateen that are whispering to you in this month. It's your own nafs. Because the person had training for a whole 11 months. So now, in this month, it's not going to be that easy to stop. But he will be able to stop if he really wants to. But people who continue to do evil, it's not for the whisperings of the shayateen, it's the whisperings of their own nafs. Another opinion the ulama say, they say it's the marad of the shayateen that are locked up. It's the bosses, the leaders of the shayateen, the big shayateen that are locked up. But the smaller ones, they're still around to whisper to us. In any case... What did the Hadith say to us? It gave us an encouragement that the gates of Jannah are open. So we should be thinking if the gates of Jannah are open, it means that we should walk through those gates, doing the deeds that we are able to do to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that we can walk through those gates to the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if the gates of the hellfire are closed and the shayateen are chained up, then it's time for us to look into our own souls. If we are unable to perform the acts of worship in Ramadan, If we are unable to stay away from the evil in Ramadan then it truly tells us and reflects for us the state of our own souls there are many benefits as we know to fasting so many but we're just going to touch upon a few Ramadan is that special opportunity for us to train our souls once again to be obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how is that the case Allah has made it incumbent obligatory upon us to stay away from that which is halal that which is halal for you to do from eating and drinking and having relationships with your spouses from the morning from from dawn to sunset you are to stay away from that which is halal for 30 days or 29 days if you are able to do that then imagine after a month of staying away from the halal how easy it will be for you to stay away from the haram which is more the halal or the haram huh I can't hear you bro I sent haram right at the end, you're staying away from the halal, which is more, right? So that means it's going to be easier for you at the end of the month to stay away from those few things which Allah has made haram upon you. So Allah is giving this opportunity to us to train ourselves. What did Allah say in the Quran? Suyam was made obligatory upon you as it was made obligatory upon those before you, perhaps, or in the hope that you will gain taqwa. So the objective of fasting is not just to abstain from food. The objective of fasting is to gain this fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This God consciousness. And one of the companions Allahu anhum, when he was asked about what is taqwa, he said, what do you do? He said in reply to the person asking, he said, what do you do when you walk upon a path that you find to be rocky and you find to be covered with thorny bushes? The person says, I watch very carefully where I put my foot and I'm very careful when I come near the thorns that I wrap my clothing tightly around me, meaning that I'm so careful to see how I walk. He said that that is taqwa, that you walk on the earth being extremely careful to avoid that which displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that which is going to harm you. So by fasting for a month, you avoid that which will harm you. From the benefits of fasting to the soul, to the individual, is that the person once again starts to have compassion and empathy for the poor. Because you've gone yourself maybe 15 or more hours without food and drink, and you feel a little pinch of hunger. You feel a little pinch of thirst. But for us, it's easy. We know at the end of the day, we're gonna have a super meal. And brothers and sisters, we shouldn't be having that super meal. We should enjoy our iftar, but make sure it's not a three course, five course meal. Don't go overboard, right? Don't make yourself sick and be some of those who have to end up in Hamid Hospital. لا, Let's not do that. So in any case, the person by fasting, he feels the pinch of hunger and it regains the empathy for the poor. And this is something very special because it's narrated that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as in Nukhari That the Prophet ﷺ was more generous in terms of spreading good than a blowing wind in the month of Ramadan. Because the Prophet would run around, wherever he would find poor, he would give to them sadaqah, he would give to them charity. He would be helping out the poor as much as he can. So this is what Ramadan should do for us. It should reconnect us to our brothers and sisters who are suffering. Not for 24 hours, maybe 48 hours, maybe 72 hours they go without food and water. So it should bring to mind that we are suffering only for 15 and it's not even suffering. But they are truly suffering. And it should bring to mind that the prophet said that the likeness of the believers in their love for one another their compassion for one another their empathy for one another is the likeness of a body if one part of the body feels an ailment or a pain then the rest of the body responds with sleeplessness and fever right that's how the body reacts you feel a pain somewhere in your body the rest of the body is going to react to that pain that's how we are supposed to be as the ummah we see around us everywhere our brothers and sisters are starving our brothers and sisters are going to have to face winters coming winters right in refugee camps or worse than that so in the month of Ramadan we should think about the blessings and the bounties that we have that we're hungry for 15 hours but after those 15 hours we're gonna have a beautiful iftar but we should think about those poor who don't have places to live or don't have food to feed themselves or their suffering children. And it should bring us to spend more in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What happens when you spend more in the path of Allah? Do you lose? Do you lose in any way, shape or form? Rather, it comes back to you manifold. It comes back to you either physically manifold or it comes back to you in terms of barakah. And as you know, barakah is something which is long lasting. It may be small in the amount of wealth, but your wealth will last for a long time. The things that you purchase will last for a long time. The things that you purchase or buy will give you happiness and joy. Not like those people that have lots of money, but they can't have happiness and joy with what they have. They end up wasting so much money, the things they purchase don't bring them joy. But because you spent in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because you spent in the month of Ramadan and other months taking care of the poor, Allah gives you barakah and he gives you back more than that which you spent taking care of your brothers and sisters. From the rewards of fasting, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in Bukhari and Muslim, Man Ramadan, Iman and Wahhtisaban, Gufira ma taqaddaman min danbihi. Whoever fasts the month of Ramadan with Iman and Ihtisab, then Allah Azawajal forgives for him his previous sins. How do you feel when Allah, Azawajal, through the Prophet Muhammad, ﷺ, is telling you this? That all you have to do is fast the month of Ramadan, and after that, you come out with a clean slate. Your sins will be forgiven. The hadith mentioned iman wa ihtisab. What does it mean that you fast with iman? The ulama, they say iman and here it means that you have iman in the obligation of this act of worship. That you believe that it's obligatory upon you. Because a lot of people, when they fast, they don't bring it to their mind that I'm doing this act of worship out of submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They worship Allah in this month habitually, customarily, culturally. Everyone else around them is doing it. But you need to bring it to your soul and to your mind that I'm doing this out of istislam, submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with iman. And the word ihtisab in the hadith, the ulama they mention, like the brother mentioned here, that you have expectancy of reward from Allah az-wajal. So have good opinion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you are fasting, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give you immense reward for this act of worship that you are doing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to forgive you through this act of worship that you are doing. And we said... In the hadith that the sins are forgiven, right? In this Mansama Ramadan, Iman His sins are going to be forgiven. But which sins are forgiven? Is it all of your sins that are forgiven? It's the minor sins, and this is very important to remember. The Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith, Ramadan, Ramadan, al The five daily prayers, the Jum'a to the Jum'a, Ramadan to Ramadan. Is an expiation for your sins as long as you avoid the major sins. So many of us have major sins. So when we go into Ramadan, we shouldn't think that just by fasting it's going to remove our major sins. No, it removes the minor sins, but there are many opportunities within the month of Ramadan for you to remove your major sins. Make tawbah to Allah Azza wa Raise your hands and beg Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala to forgive us for any major uh, transgressions that we have done in our lives. So call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives us our major sins in this month. Allah tells us about fasting. And listen to this, this is amazing. In the hadith, the Prophet said that Allah He says, Allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-Ala says that all of the actions of the son of Adam are for Him, meaning all the acts of worship for the son of adam are for him except for psalm except for siyam except for fasting for verily allah says it is for me and i will reward it allah is giving status to this act of worship allah is showing you how special this act of worship is in his sight subhanahu wa ta'ala he's saying that all of these other acts of worship for the son of adam but this one is for me what does it mean that this one is for me what what does allah mean by that he means that it contains so much sincerity that it's that act of worship unlike other acts of worship which is sincerely done for my sake. Why? Because other acts of worship, people know that you're doing the act of worship and you can have Riyah in the act of worship, right? You can have showing off. But fasting, nobody really knows whether you're fasting or not. When your wife's not watching, you can go into the kitchen and have something to eat, right? The youngsters, they can have something to eat when the parents are not around, but they don't do so. Even when you are making wudu, you are careful not to allow the slightest bit of water to slip past your throat out of sincerity to Allah from this act of worship. You are so careful to protect this act of worship. That's what Allah says, it's for me because it's full of ikhlas, it's full of sincerity and there's absolutely no showing off in there by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, I am the one who's going to reward that act of worship. Other acts of worship, how are they rewarded? from one to ten or in some cases as mentioned above to seven hundred but in fasting it's never been mentioned what the reward of fasting is right it's like sabr Allah says about patience in the Quran yuaffa sabiruna ajrahum That verily those who are patient their reward is given to them without any limits so what is fasting fasting is full of patience you are patient from the morning to the evening patient by submitting to allah leaving off that which was halal for you patient by staying away from that which is haram so that's why allah gives you so much reward in unmeasured ways and another amazing thing that some of the ulama they said like muhammad Mukhtar, Shayqiti, Hafidhullah and others where allah said in this hadith and that it's for me it's the for me and I am the one who's going to reward it. You know on the Day of Judgment, if we are from those people, la that we have wronged others, on the Day of Judgment, there's going to be recompense, right? So if somebody has wronged another person, and that person is not forgiven for that wrongdoing, the person who is wronged, the mazlum, will come to the dhalim on the Day of Judgment, and tell Allah, or ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to be recompensed for the wrong that he suffered in the dunya. And it can be the case as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the good deeds of the person who did the wronging will be given to the one who's wronged. And if his good deeds run out then the bad deeds of the one who is wronged is given to the one who did the wronging. But this deed of fasting is not in that equation. Because Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said that this deed is for me and I'm the one who's going to reward it. So some of the ulama that they said that this deed, this act of fasting is so special that it doesn't come into this equation of recompense on the Day of Judgment. So we should take care of our fasting and we should understand how special it is in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Ahmad, he narrates from Abdullah ibn Amr al-As that the Prophet sallallahu he said yawm that the fasting and the Quran They come on the day of judgment to intercede on behalf of the slave on that day when we're going to need so many deeds we're going to need so much protection on the day of judgment we're going to wish that there will be people and deeds that will intercede for us the prophet is telling us that the quran and the fasting will come as interceders for us the fasting will say oh my lord I prevented him from having food and desires during the day, so allow me to intercede for him. And the Quran will say, Oh my Lord, I prevented him from sleeping at night because maybe he was one of those special people that worshiped with the Quran during the night. I prevented him from sleeping due to him reciting me and worshiping with me, so allow me to intercede for him. And then both of them will intercede for that slave. So when you're doing these acts of worship, don't just see them as, you know, this is something which Allah has made obligatory upon me. Think and remember these rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning. Have ihtisab have expectancy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He will allow us to gain from these rewards. This will encourage us to do our fasting with Ihsan and itqan To do our fasting at a better level of worship. And not just a customarily level of going through that uh, month day by day not really thinking what are we doing what is the purpose what is the benefit of what we are doing sometimes when you fast some people they have bad breath or some people have it even when not fasting some people have it whilst fasting right and they kind of get put off by this smell but the Prophet ﷺ is telling us don't be put off he said to us he said in the beginning, I swear by the one in whose hand my soul is that the smell of the fasting person, the smell that emanates from the stomach of the fasting person, is more pure and beloved to Allah than the smell of musk. It's a smell that is beloved to Allah. So, the smell that is emanating from you was fasting. Think about it that as you are walking, you are pleasing Allah due to having that fragrance. Emanating from you, some of the ulama they said in the books of fiqh that the siwak, the siwak, is not to be used after waqta zawal. What is waqta zawal? When the sun is at the meridian in the day. They said, do not use the siwak, the miswak, after this time. Why did they say that? They said that because that will remove the smell that that you are experiencing when you are fasting, and it will lessen your reward the ulama they replied to this had to this statement of them because where does the smell emanate from does it emanate from your mouth or from your stomach it emanates from your stomach so no matter how much you use the miswak, it's not going to remove that smell anyway so they said that this stance is an incorrect stance you can use the miswak throughout the day whilst you are fasting and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best so the believer as he's listening to these ahadith and many more he comes to realize how special this month is in the sight of Allah And he comes to understand bit by bit that it's a month of change. It's a month of transformation. It's a madrasa, It's a school for him to graduate from. It's not just to enter to be the same as you would in any other day. The Prophet said in the hadith in Bukhari, فليس لله حاجة أن That the person who doesn't leave alone bad speech and bad action, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no need for him to leave alone his food and drink. Meaning it's of no benefit leaving alone your food and drink if you're going to go through the days misbehaving. If you're going to go through the day having the same bad character that you had outside of the month of Ramadan. If you're going to go through the day having the same bad deeds that you had outside of the month of Ramadan. So as we said, it's a month of transformation. It cannot be that the days of Ramadan are in any way, shape or form the same as the days outside of Ramadan. There has to be a complete contrast. So we have to check ourselves daily in Ramadan. Am I doing things differently? Am I behaving differently? Am I improving in my mannerisms? Am I improving in my relationship to my family members? Am I improving in my relationship to those around me? And most importantly, Am I improving in my relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And as we know, shahru Ramadan is the month of what? The month of? I can't hear you. The month of Rahmat, the month of mercy. but before that, the month of? Quran. The month of the Quran. So we have to ensure that in this month, to the best of our ability, we are reciting as much as we can. Because in fact, Some of them they said that really and truly the month is a celebration of the Quran because the Quran was revealed in that month, the fasting and everything pertaining to it is a celebration of the fact that Allah gave this massive bounty to the creation. So we have to be from those who like the Salaf, they would leave alone everything aside from reading the Quran. They would leave alone the circles of knowledge etc. They would leave alone the Dawah and they would focus as much as they could in the recitation of the Quran. The Prophet sallallahu said in the hadith the prophet said to encourage us that whoever recites a letter a book uh, a word a letter from the book of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whoever recites a letter from the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then for that recitation of that one letter, then he will have 10 rewards. How many rewards? 10 rewards. And the Prophet gave an example Alif, Lam, Mim. He said, I'm not saying to you that Alif, Lam, Mim is one letter. Rather, Alif is a letter, Lam is a letter, Mim is a letter. So, how many rewards do I get, the youngsters? By doing Alif, Lam, Mim. How many rewards? If each letter is 10, how many do I get now? 30, right? 30 just for saying alif lam so imagine reciting the Quran from the beginning to the end and for those of you who have the energy and the ability you do it twice or thrice imagine the amount of the reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give you in the month of Ramadan but some people they say you know what subhanallah I want to recite the Quran and I try but I find it very difficult I stutter a lot and it's difficult first and foremost we say to those people be honest with yourself have you been struggling throughout the year have you been trying to be with the quran have you been trying to recite the quran if you're one of those people who didn't prepare for the month of ramadan by reciting quran before it then of course you're going to find difficulty but if you take out the time now to prepare before the month of ramadan reciting as much as you can then the quran will become easier upon your tongue easier upon your lips and you will find that you could recite with ease by the permission of allah but you have to put in the effort. You have to sit with somebody to teach you how to recite the Qur'an. You have to put in the time being alone with the Qur'an so you can get to that stage where you actually find it to be enjoyable. You, find, you don't find it to be difficult and a chore as it is in the minds of some people. But even if it's difficult, you don't lose out. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, as in Sahih al-Muslim, al-kiram al-barra." Subhanallah. The Prophet ﷺ said that the one who is proficient, yani he's an expert reciter, then he's with the angels in terms of his recitation. But the one who recites the Quran, and like many of us, he trips up when he recites, he stutters when he recites, and he finds some difficulty, then for him there is two rewards. Two rewards? What two rewards? What are the two rewards? One for reciting. And the other four the difficulty of the recitation so you never lose out with the Quran subhanallah nobody will lose out with the Quran recite the Quran even if you find it difficult know that you are getting two rewards from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but this doesn't mean that we're gonna say okay I'm always gonna be at that level where it's difficult for me so I get the two rewards no you want to go up to the level where you can be with as the Prophet to be with the angels because you want to give the Quran it's right You want to recite the Qur'an in the best way possible because that is the right of the Qur'an. In any case, as we said, you never lose that with the Qur'an. Imam Ibn Taymiyyah and others, they said that if somebody is facing difficulty in his life, then he should increase in his recitation. Because we have found time and time again, he says, that the more we increased in our recitation of the Qur'an, the more we found that our affairs in the dunya were facilitated for us, that things became easy for us. So this is a month of reconnecting with the Quran. Let's, let us reconnect with the Quran as much as possible. Many of us, we become addicted to these silly gadgets, to the phones. We're always looking at the phone, always checking the messages. When is the last time we were with the Quran like that? When was the last time we were, I have to revise that surah. I thought of something from the Quran, I have to check its meaning. I just feel that I need to sit with the Quran and cheer myself up, make myself happy, relax myself with the Quran. We're not like this, right? Let's be honest. But we can become like that. We have this opportunity if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the life, the month of Ramadan, we can reconnect to the Quran and we can become more of a companion of the Quran as we are supposed to be. In fact, we should be addicted to the Quran. We should find that if a day goes by and we haven't looked at the Quran, we feel that something is missing. We feel that there's a calamity. We have to reconnect to the quran as much as possible and part of that reconnection to the quran is that you have to start learning arabic it's really embarrassing and shameful that we are reciting the speech of allah and we haven't got a clue what is being said i'm not saying we have to become those who are very proficient in the arabic language though that's something which is recommended and virtuous but we should have enough of the language that we can understand the basic meanings the surface level meanings of the quran So that when we recite, we really have this connection with Allah. We understand that Allah is talking to us. He's communicating to us and we are communicating to Him. And we will be from those that when we recite the Quran or we stand in the prayer, we won't fall asleep anymore. Even if the person doesn't have a good recitation in terms of a melodious voice. You know, because us who do not understand the Arabic so much, the only way we enjoy the Taraweeh is if the person has a melodious voice, right? But if we understood the language, we would enjoy it through the meanings. We wouldn't care so much about the melodious voice. And if the person had a melodious voice, it would increase our enjoyment even more. So in any case, try your best from now to start to learn the Arabic language. And it's not difficult. Start to learn the Arabic language as much as you can, bit by bit. So in this blessed month, we know tarawih is something which is, incum- is, something which is highly encouraged for us to do. The Prophet ﷺ said in the, uh, the hadith, "Man qama Ramadan whoever stands the night prayers meaning the Taraweeh prayers in the month of Ramadan all of them then he will have his sins forgiven for him so it's an opportunity again to have your sins forgiven for you but let's not get it twisted don't make it upside down don't be from those who leave off the obligatory prayers and they do not attend the masjid for the obligatory prayers i don't want to say they don't pray the obligatory prayers because inshallah there's no muslim that does that every muslim prays the obligatory prayers by the permission of allah but pray the obligatory prayers where you're supposed to pray them which is in the masjid for the men that if you head the adhan if you're in a place where you can head adhan, then you have to respond to the call the prophet sallallahu said the prophet ﷺ said that whoever hears the call to prayer and then doesn't respond to it, then there's no prayer for him, unless it was due to an excuse, a valid excuse. This is one opinion, and it's a strong opinion, that you have to respond to the call of prayer, wherever it be. So there's people that do not come to the masjid throughout the whole year, okay, for the obligatory prayers, but for the taraweeh, they are there. That's something which is good and virtuous, but you're turning it upside down. The Prophet ﷺ said, about Allah ta'ala, he said, that, the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah said That my slave doesn't come close to me Except with the thing that I have made obligatory upon him Means that the obligatory actions are the first step Of coming close to Allah They are the things we need to take care of So praying in the masjid is obligatory for the men Responding to the adhan And then if you were to do the nawafil, you continue to come close to Allah until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves you. So we said that praying taraweeh in the month of Ramadan is something very virtuous. What happens if you pray all the taraweeh in the month of Ramadan? What was the reward that the Prophet mentioned? Ahsan, sins are forgiven. Someone's listening. The sins are forgiven, right? And this is something that we want. So we have to attend the prayers and have our sins forgiven. How many rakaat should we pray? Many of the brothers, they start to have these discussions and debates and differ with each other. How many raqa'at should we pray? Aisha radiyallahu anha, Ummul Mu'minin, she mentions in Bukhari that ma kana Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi Ramadan wala ghayrihi ala rakaat, That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the month of Ramadan or outside of the month of Ramadan never increased above 11 rakaat. In another hadith, it mentioned 13, another narration. So, this was the sunnah of the Prophet. But it didn't stop there because the Prophet also said in the hadith in Bukhari and Muslim, that the night prayer is two by two by two. Did he put a limit in this hadith? He didn't put a limit. He said, if one of you fears the dawn is about to come, then he prays one to make it a witr, the rest of which he had prayed. So the ulama, they say, looking at this hadith, they say that if they want to pray more than 11 or 13, then you're allowed to do so because the Prophet didn't put a limit. And many of the ulama, in fact, the majority opinion amongst the fuqaha of those of present and past, they said 20 is what uh, should be prayed. So don't be from one of those people who get into these debates. I am saying, yes, the sunnah of the Prophet was to pray either 11 or 13, but there's nothing wrong with praying more than 11 or 13. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever prays with the Imam until the Imam leaves, meaning finishing from the prayer, That he will have the reward of praying the whole night. The background to this hadith that I'm just mentioned, a man came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, Ya Rasulullah, we wish that you pray with us more. Meaning the al-layl is finished with the Prophet ﷺ in Ramadan, and the companions, as you know, they wanted to do more. So they said to the prophet we wish that you do more and then the prophet quoted this he said that whoever prays with the imam until he leaves until he finishes then he gets the reward as though he prayed the whole night so wherever you end up praying tarawih whether it's 20 whether it's 11 whether it's 8 make sure you finish with the imam so you don't miss out on the reward of having the prayer of the whole night okay so it's something which is imperative for us to do in this month of Ramadan. We have an amazing gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us. On one night, Laylatul Qadr, Ahsant. Laylatul Qadr, what is this gift? What is it equal to? A thousand months of worship, subhanAllah. A thousand months of worship, shouldn't we be begging Allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-A'la from now? That we can get that month? Really we should. We should be begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from now that we are able to live and able to worship Allah Subh'anaHu wa Ta-A'la on that month. A thousand months of worship, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, accepts, will be transformation for us. Many people, they think it's on the 27th night, and this is supported by many scholars and narrations, but we cannot guarantee that it's on the 27th night only. So the smart person, he gets up on every single of the last 10 nights, seeking Laylatul Qard. Don't be from those who only come to the masjid on the 27th night. From one of the important objectives, And benefits of this month is dua. Dua. Allah, when you read through Surah Al-Baqarah and you look at the verses pertaining to the rulings of uh, fasting, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts in between those two sections of verses a very interesting verse where he says, If my slaves ask you, O Muhammad, concerning me, then tell them that I am close. I respond to the call of the one who is calling upon me, meaning I answer the du'as. So in between the verses of fasting, Allah puts, make du'a to me. So fasting is a time when du'a is going to be accepted. Whether it's throughout the whole day of your fasting, or at some narrations, close to the, or at the time of the iftar, fasting ensures that your du'a is going to be accepted. Why? What is one of the ways of getting your du'a accepted, as we know from other lessons? Sometimes, the ulama they give you the example of the bow and arrow, right? The stronger the arm is, the further the arrow is going to go. The stronger your acts of worship are, the further your dua will go. So what are you doing throughout the whole day in the month of Ramadan? You are worshipping Allah. You are beautifying your dua with acts of worship. So it makes your dua very strong. So that is from the best of times that you call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So have for yourself a program of making dua to Allah in the month of Ramadan. Learn some of the du'as now that you want to make to Allah Think about what you want for yourself and your family in this life and the life to come and make as much as you can in terms of du'a to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So we have to, after listening to this this short reminder, we have to take heed and try to reflect as much as we can. Why? Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said some very deep and profound words. He said, abdin, Ramadan Thumma Lam Lahu. He said, May the person be humiliated, who Ramadan comes upon him, meaning he lives the month of Ramadan and then he is not forgiven. SubhanAllah. And that can happen to some of us. That Allah He bestows this amazing bounty upon us. How many people now in the graves are wishing that they could be alive? Not to live Ramadan, just to beg Allah to get to Ramadan. Like we are. We're asking for Ramadan. And if we get to live it, we should remember this statement of the Prophet ﷺ. That foolish and stupid and foolish really is the person who lives Ramadan and then he's unable to have his sins forgiven by the time the month of Ramadan has passed him by. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to live the month of Ramadan and to make us from those who are the best of worshippers in the month of Ramadan. Ameen. Anything which was correct was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shortcomings and mistakes were from shaitan. If you have any questions, we have it with us. Sheikh Abdul Aziz, feel free to ask questions inshallah. Jazakumullah <laughs>